Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. This week we watched Shin Getter Robo vs. Neo Getter Robo, a four-episode OVA based on Go Nagai and Ken Ishikawa's Getter Robo, a mecha media franchise from the 1970s. Go Nagai is credited with creating the super robot genre and for designing the first mecha robots piloted by a user from within the cockpit. This show draws heavily from the Getter Robo Go manga, which had a 1991 anime adaptation that only really shared the titular robot and pilots. Shin vs. Neo features a much more faithful adaptation of the characters, but with a new pilot and a new getter. Shin vs. Neo is an alternate universe sequel to the original Getter Robo, in which the primary enemies were the Dinosaur Empire, the descendants of the few dinosaurs who survived extinction and hid deep below the Earth's surface, evolving into more humanoid forms. The war between humans and dinosaurs ended in a climactic battle which cost them a pilot and the entire city of New York. Five years later, the government has banned Getter Energy Research. The dinosaurs begin to rise again, and one of the original Getter pilots is recruiting a new Getter team. I love this show. I, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Can I um, <laughs> actually say it's actually a reptilian empire? Well, so they're called the reptilian empire, but they are dinosaur descended. Yeah. I mean, sure. So are chickens. Yeah, that's people. true. Okay. And that one species in Voyager. Ostrich people. Ostrich people? Like the cousins of the ostrich people. Mm. It's, a, it's a blink and you miss it moment. Yep. I'm just going with him at this point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's over my head or um, it's like a Rorschach uh, test where I'm seeing a joke where there's not one. There isn't one. Look down on the ground. There it went. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> got a crick in my neck from watching these references go over my head. I'm just riding this train. That's oh. what I'm here for. Nope. Uh, initially, I was talking with Joe before the show and debating whether these were lizard people or dinosaur people. Oh, and, I think you answered with dinosaur people. Yeah, we can see that the dinosaurs are lizards, but these are specifically dinosaurs descended. Yeah. The, are all yeah. lizards reptiles? Yes. Yes, that's how that yes. works. Yes, all lizards are Hold reptiles, on. but other reptiles exist that aren't lizards. Okay, but oh, are so all reptiles recolors of Sub-Zero? Yes. I got okay. it. <laughs> all right, okay. Oh, but here's the question now. If birds, especially let's say chickens, evolve from dinosaurs, can you deep fry a dinosaur? No, they're all dead. Whoa. Silly. What if you try really hard or to Jurassic Park? You just gotta wait for them to come back to the surface and threaten to end the world and become the true inheritors of the Getter race. Hey, let's talk. What's this so, show? Hey, let's start with episode <laughs> yeah. one. Um. Yeah. Ready. Third base. Normally we start with some kind of background, but like, does anyone have any idea what's going on here except me? 
No. Um, this is the rare instance I get to say, I have no clue what's going on. Great. So, so, yeah, this first like, episode threw me off. Yeah, this first pre-title sequence is basically summarizing where the other series ended, and it's the starting point for the story they're telling in this OVA. Yeah, so we start with um, a flashback to five years ago. Th- so this is basically... It would have been nice if they said that. So, like, that's the thing. Well, they don't need, you don't need a relative time notification when it's the starting point, because that becomes the... Well, and I, I think... The beginning a... is always the beginning. <laughs> In a weird way, I think they do a good job of, like, putting enough context cues for you to put everything together by the end. Because it's like, they're talking about, oh, it's Musashi's the pilot. And then later, everybody's mourning Musashi. Uh, Later, we get Ryoma walking away from Musashi's graves. So there's, like, the the fact that every cold open is a flashback, I think, is, um, structurally, it also helps. But, like, it's, like, I... When I look at a show doing something like this and it's, like, confident enough to not put, like, overlay titles and then it is still parsable by the end, I I, I like that. Um, but, yeah, so so this scene is basically where the original uh, Get a Robo series ends, which is uh, the final battle between the Getter and the Reptilian Empire and uh, Musashi, the uh, pilot of Getter 2, who... In the original series, he is like the fat comic relief character. Um, he is, uh, he's always hungry and that's the joke. But basically, like, he is in the getter fighting off waves, uh, as they are trying to launch the Shin Getter Robo with the other two pilots, Ryoma and Hayato. Um, and in a latch ditch effort as he's losing the fight, he rips out the getter reactor, the heart of the getter robo he is piloting and crushes it in his hand, like a can of Pepsi and basically sets off like the equivalent of a nuclear explosion of getter race. It's a getter explosion that wipes out what we assume is the entire, uh, reptilian arm uh army force reptilian empire force excuse me um (laughs) notably the leader like so that yes uh lord rally under lord growl grow i wrote it down later Um, there we go lord goru um taking out the force and also all of new york city in this explosion like it is just Mm -hmm. like wipes it out because um Okay, so, okay. All right, Getter Energy. Um, Getter Beams is, like, uh, basically a stand-in for what if we had double nuclear power. Um, There's also, like, I I think when (laughs) they sort of retcon history that the dinosaurs were not extincted by a meteorite, but, like, some, like, random Getter rays going through space hitting the Earth and wiping out most of the dinosaur life and leaving it the surface of the planet open for like other species to come in and that would include humans and so like getter rays and like humanity and like human willpower are all sort of um of a similar lineage there's also a thing that like getter energy might be semi-sentient 
Who cares? It's a MacGuffin that allows uh, things to get progressively and, you know, iteratively stronger as the plot needs. Hold on. Uh-huh. Yes, in the back. You have a question? Yeah, hold on. I feel like Stanley may have cribbed someone's uh, homework because this awfully sounds a lot like cosmic rays that made the Fantastic Four. Uh-huh, probably. There's all kinds of rays up in space. I will say with the scene of the breaking and the destroying of the reptile empire, kind of cool. Yeah. The little like, macabre. That, that intro scene, like, that went hard because I guess from what you described just now, Nick, to from what I saw, like, spoiler, I really want to see what the original series was like now be- because of that fight, though. Because, like, okay, I'm completely lost. I want to see how we got here. But if, like, if it ends on kind of, like, a, a darker note like that, I'm like, well, that's clearly got to be a good show. Uh-huh. And, yeah, like, it, it, it got me. I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. I like the, the beginning flashback, or the, the this is where it ended, and so here's where we are going from here. I, I'm a big sucker for intros like that. Yeah, and I think I, the only thing I think that's kind of missing if you're not familiar with the series in a larger sense is like knowing that normally it is a three pilot team. So knowing that one of them is, you know, piloting alone at weaker and it's a complete sacrifice play. And this is sacrifice play by the guy who was the like comic relief through the series is just like, oh, we, they gave the goofy guy the most badass ending. Um, it's so good. It's such a such a baller move. Um, yeah, that makes it more interesting to me hearing that now because from from all I had to begin with, I'm like, oh, this was clearly a serious drama. Like, oh, there's there's comedy, and I'm like, okay, and then the heart of the show died. Okay, so we're not pulling punches today. Cool. Mm-hmm. Got to start with a showstopper. Um, and then we continue that because then we get into this OP. Hey, do we want to talk about the OP right now and how it's an absolute blood pumper? So we're actually, just skipping to the end on that one. Okay. It actually is uh, decent music. Yeah. Like, is it the, is it number one? No. Well, how would you rate it against... Um, Time for me to stretch a little bit as I pull up our uh, back chat master list. Um, how would you rate it against G Gundam? Because, uh, again, sort of like in, in the greater context, like if this is one of the shows, well, one of the series that if this series didn't exist, we wouldn't have G Gundam. Like this is of something that G Gundam is directly pulling from. You read my mind, Nick, because that's exactly what I was thinking you should compare it to. And and I feel like this does a better job of getting you in the mood mm. of watching the show, if that um, makes sense. Yeah, like like they're I, I believe the band Jam Project is responsible for a lot of the music for this genre of show, the super robot genre, as compared to Gundam, which is our sort of realistic robot genre, sci-fi as it may be. Um, but like all of the songs sound like this, like the fact like this is just like this is the soundtrack to this genre in this era, and it is just like. It's so good. It sets a tone uh, that really synchronizes well with what the show is about um, mm. and, like, the tone of the rest of the show. Uh, but we can talk more about that later. Uh, okay, so after the opening, we uh, time skip to the present time five years later. Uh, we see the new Getter team 
stress testing a new pilot applicant. So we have Kai, who in my notes is uh, named Nusashi because he's the new, um, <laughs> the fat one, goofy, uh, but has serious moments and also gets the I'm hungry joke at the very end. Uh, and our second team member is Sho, whose main trait is girl. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, she's definitely more I mean, like the tactical thinker of the group. Oh uh, yeah, she's the only smart one. She's she seems more hardline than the other three. And spoiler at the end indications she's kind of like the Goimani Shikawa of this group. Uh, she is a kendo expert, yes. Okay. Not at all addressed in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, she uses a sword, uh, the laser sword at one point. So. Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like this is like saying anyone can pick up a sword, but actually <laughs> knowing what to do with it is a whole other matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will say, like, this specific team, these are not characters unique to this four episode series, so, like, Mm-hmm. Everything about them is condensed in here. Sure. Um, so, like, I'm sure a lot more of, of their traits get shown in, in the series proper that deal with this specific team. The anime or the manga? Uh, Yeah, one of those. Good luck figuring out which. I didn't look that deep. <laughs> Listen, I got, like, uh, I got stuff I got to do in my day. <laughs> no, like I mentioned in the beginning, like, this this draws heavily on Get a Robo Go. Um, which there's was also turned into an anime series, but the anime series only really had took the name and like the look and name of the pilots, and then just characterized them completely differently. Yeah. So. And and well, that's, that's the thing. Option. The the way that this this OVA characterizes them is sort of different from both of those. Like technic, like this one has a place in like the Getter chronology. Uh, if you like pick the ones that you want to be canon, you can make it work. But generally speaking, it is not intended to be, to fit neatly anywhere else in the, the, the series and shows. Gotcha. Um, but yes, our pilot, uh, our application pilot just fails and blows up. Uh, and we see that, uh, watching over this test is Hayato, who is the, he's, a okay. So Hayato is now like the commander of this getter team, but he is one of the original three pilots. Um, so basically like after, you know, the, the events of New York, uh, he has moved into sort of a, a commander position, old battle wounds. He's, he's not on the front lines anymore. Um, but he's also the only member of the old team who has really stayed. Uh, it's, it's funny because he is the, like, edgy loner from the original team uh his whole like he's almost the vegeta like i think he was sort of like a pain in the ass who just showed up played a flute and then was like y'all suck and pieces out for a little bit before he joins the team okay um but the fact that he's now the one in charge when he was really like the most flighty is just like oh there's like a change of character here it was a character growth all right who cares that's not about that's not in this show. <laughs> no you shut up i like that i like watching a vegeta become like the, the roshi is like i'm minus you know minus the sex pest i'm yeah. here to lead the thing why because i understand we need it it's like that's how you get amanda waller you know giving us a batman beyond yeah spoiler um 
But it's also just kind of nice because, like, since he was the edgy one, like, he says some badass shit here in a little bit. <laughs> um. Okay, but so they're talking about, like, oh, we still got to find a new pilot. And then we cut to an underground fighting ring. Uh, who saw, who had underground fighting ring on their bingo card? <laughs> no. I, I love that kind of transition. I, it, as corny as it is, because it's one of those, like, first time seeing this, I was like, God, I've seen this in so many other things. But like, God, I really love it because it's it, it, in this. It's it's not just underground fighting ring. This is a classy joint underground fighting ring. Like someone put real illegal money into this. It's not just in in the basement of a warehouse somewhere. No, it's a money plane, except it's uh, a giant cruise ship for rich right. people. Right, it's a cruise ship. Yeah. Well, it's so, it's funny because when I you want to. When you want to have death matches, usually you take the boat into international waters first, but they're just having these underground death ring fights while, you know, docked. Getting resupplied. Yeah. In country waters. Like, all right. Um, the confusion lies in why did they think they need a good pilot for a fast moving ship? Let's go to underground fight ring. So, I think it was up. more, they were, he was following this one dude. Yes. Why that one dude? Um, I imagine, okay, so they are going to say this in a little bit. Um, so, uh, we, in the ring, we see our, uh, brand new hot blooded boy go, uh, just having a time, just being a little fighting ring for, uh, freak. Uh, he loves the violence. He's just fighting to make money. He's a, he's a, you know, he's one of them. He's rough and rowdy. Uh, what we will find out later to to answer the question is he is a survivor um of the original reptilian war um so his he was basically orphaned during the first attacks uh I don't think necessarily in the New York incident but during that first onslaught uh his parents were killed and he's kind of been on his own and like you know, so so we already get this idea that he's a survivor. So I imagine maybe that's why they they've been following him. It's like because you know at this point, it's it's one thing to be like a good combatant, but if you want to track somebody who like is maybe looking for revenge and has some skin in the game, that may you know make them a bit more motivated to be on the getter team. I bet maybe you know if they were looking to, if they were following him just for that reason, I think that's enough. I guess I figured that would have make him unique. Hmm. Be fair. But but yeah, he also has uh, protag syndrome in that the camera focuses on him. So of course he's important. <laughs> well, the camera panned to you, so we figured you were important. That's why we tracked you down. Um, the, the way I figure it is like a military says, like, "Hey, there's a there's a director over there. Let's go follow him." <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's fighting. A uh, new guy enters the ring, and it just like it's just like little feral, fast moving freak, and he's just like creepy oh. Faldo man. Yeah, he's just like oh, another freak has entered the ring. Now it's getting good. Um, and so he gets a few hits in, and then we learn, oh no, that freak is actually a reptilian in disguise. It's a Dino Man. Um, at which point in my notes I just write, oh shit, Dino Empire has <laughs> penetrated the ring. Um, he digivolves too. Yeah. He peels his skin off. He molts like a snake. Are snakes reptiles? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there you go. He molted. Um, uh, at which point the Hayato and some of his, uh, you know, assistants, other agents, whatever you call them, uh, they come in 
And they're like, oh, shit, a dino. Let's take him out and save our, our pilot. And Hayes was just like, no, let's see where this goes. Um, cause what he said, he, what he said, it's like, um, uh, what is it? The, his assistant says like, but it's a dino. No normal human could, you know, take on one of them alone. And Hayato's just like, we don't need a normal human. And I'm just like, oh my God, everything in this show is so badass. Was it need? I thought you said I, we don't want a normal human. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. They don't need a normal human. They need somebody who is a little freak who is not afraid to bite a dinosaur. <laughs> it was a little extreme, but it worked. Well, he bites the dino. He hits him with the, like the ringside bell and and mallet, and then he picks up a whole statue and throws it at this dino man. Just like he's going all out. It's just like okay, he is like the boy is feral. Like he's got real Goku from Dragon Ball era energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he is uh. It looks like the dino is down, so Hayato uh, finally approaches and explains everything to go. Like, hey, we're looking for a getter pilot, and we've been tracking you. Uh, and he's just like, what? Why? And then no time to think about that, because the dino man has uh, slipped off of the boat, and Mechasaurus Doba arrives. Um, and we know it's Mechasaurus Doba, because every Mechasaur gets its own title card to introduce them, because the names of the robots are important. Mm-hmm. Um destroys the boat as they uh, are now off the boat and trying to escape from the super robot because, oh no, he has a giant robot and we don't. What are we going to do? Well, Go just picks up like a spare piece of pipe and goes like, I'm just going to go spear this giant robot. And we're like, all right, that's our boy. He's he's braver than he is smart. He'll be a perfect getter one pilot. I can't think of the artist, but I heard, like, there goes I <laughs> the whole time. And he's going to, like, boy's going to die. I'll kick your ass. I'll kick his ass. I'll kick my own ass. <laughs> I have a PhD in ass kicking. <laughs> Something about being all out of bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's funny because if you want a show about a person not in a mech hunting down mechs, uh... Armor Trooper Votom's colon Mellowink something. Uh, Votom under Mellowink? I actually just started watching Votoms because I found out it was on High Dive. Yeah. So, but, like, Mellowink is a, a sort of spin-off that is specifically about a guy getting revenge on, like, Armor Troop soldiers. But he just oh has a God. big sniper rifle and just, like, he... <laughs> It is a guy who is not in a mech killing mechs. It's great. Um, We're going to talk about big rifles later because I got some thoughts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, but anyway, so, like, in a a weird uh, show of forethought and tactics, uh, Go actually uses the pipe as, like, a, um, a pole vault. Thank you. And goes directly for the Dino Man who is in the cockpit and just continues just punching the shit out of him directly, um, which buys enough time for the big military transports to push through traffic and arrive at the dock uh, where, hey, good news, the getter team is on the scene. Uh, yeah, they just get there, yeah. Yep. <laughs> we did. We did kind of gloss over that. The Getter team was doing a flight test for the Neo Getter, 
and just happened to have, if I read that correctly, the scene, a fatality? Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Listen, they but don't yeah, need normal people. Like, normal yeah. people are expendable. I mean, to be fair, that guy was, you know, completely subjected to G-forces like any normal human being would, so yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make the cut. Um, see, the part that I don't get is they had to drive the planes to the fight. Uh-huh. We're not going to talk about that bit. Um, I, I would also like to throw, we, we skipped over discount doc, uh, Dr. Rick from Rick and Morty appearing in this. Well, at least, because I remember specifically, the guy died because he's like, well, at least we got some data from that. That's good. I'm like, oh, this is, this is too real. Oh, yeah, the, the, the guy little... with a nail in his head? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. This show is full of good little freaks. That one happens to be a scientist who is like specifically a weapons R&D guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. Discount Rick is building weapons. What's going on here? Professor Shikishima. There you go. Thank you. Um, uh, yes, um, uh, Professor Shishima. Shikishima. Um, <laughs> on your bench open. Anyway. Okay, so uh, we get to... The, the getter team shows up, Kai and Sho are there, they hop into their planes, and Hayato drags Go and get into the still unassigned Getter 1 plane. Uh, they have this moment where, like, Hayato is injured and in the pilot seat, and he's trying to control it, and Go is just like, oh, if you need help, then I'll help. And he puts his hand on Hayato's hand on the control, and they push it forward together. And I'm just like, that's so romantic. They're fighting Mechasaurus together. Kenny G plays in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, uh, eventually they switch. Go takes over piloting. Hayato sits in the back and is teaching him how to pilot together, very explicitly stating that the the reason in these shows that everyone screams the attack names when they do them is because they are voice activated. There is basically... I love that so much. I know how much I appreciate that as well. That's... Yeah. <laughs> like, if if everyone came through and I want to invoke the, the ever so under, under uh, underground anime... Dragon Ball Z, if they said, like, ah, oh, these are essentially can- incantations for this technique, like, ah, oh, that's why they have to say Kamehameha all the time. Like, this, like, no, no, I buy this. You, you know, like, we'll get to it in a later show, but um, I there is a show on our list where the attack names get said out loud by a narrator who only cuts in to sort of like say and describe the specifics of the attack name being shown on screen. I love it. Oh, I got to be sure to to pick an episode where that happens when we get there. Oh, oh, I'm so excited for that show too. Hey, did you know that we are currently in my favorite tier of shows? <laughs> I couldn't have guessed. <laughs> a little um, bit of excitement. Just a bit. Thank you for letting me run this one, by the way, Bob. Not a problem. I could sense this enjoyment. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so, uh, we get, basically we're running through a whole bunch of the Neo-Getters, uh, attacks because they have at this point already combined. They are Neo-Getter 1, they are throwing lightning, they're doing chain knuckle, they're just like, kind of, 
we watched G Gundam. We got the idea of Shining Finger, and I feel like, yeah. again, like Shining Finger is like the modern interpretation of what these are. These guys are just just throwing thunder and just missiles everywhere. It's great. It's great. Plasma Thunder, um, which takes out uh, Mechasaurus Doba. Uh, the fight is one go is go. Who has picked up on this piloting stuff that he's never done in his life extremely quickly? Uh, is basically de facto our getter one pilot now. Uh, and the episode is over except for a quick shot of Lord, I forgot his name already. Goro? Goru. Goru. Uh, Lord Goru in a tube somewhere slowly being rebuilt. Like, uh oh. Evil is coming back to the world. My 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 end notes for that episode. I'm sure this is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's episode one. What's um? We got any any thoughts on this episode? How, okay, first episode of this show. How did that like it? It lands hard. How did that hit you? I'll let Bob uh, go first. For me, I was thrown off. The, because I, I dumb guy, I needed to know that it was five years previous. I guess, uh, to Chuck and Joe's point, at the start of the show is always the start. Instead of thinking this is five years previous, why not the rest of the show is five years later? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I do enjoy the voice activation. I think that explains so much for us to everything. Go is a character who takes a lot to love, in my opinion, so far. Oh yeah, the he, introduction. He, he's a little, he's a little hot blooded freak boy. He's not like he's not really a baby face. He's yeah, just he's, he's, he's not your standard protag right now. He's more hyper. You know active. who he kind of reminds me of? If I can interject. Okay. He reminds me of Yusuke Urameshi a little bit. Yeah, if Yusuke was raised by dogs. Yeah, yeah. essentially. He, he's just a more feral Yusuke. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's still a little MacGuffin-y that this one person in a fight ring can suddenly be the best pilot ever. That Whoa. being said, I didn't mind it. Yeah, it, it's it's sort of... It is kind of excusey, hand wavy, whatever. But you know, it, I like, know. Like I said, there's something about getter technology where, like, it is mildly sentient. It chooses and they have to accept. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is sort of this conceit that like certain people of significant willpower are just going to be. That is what makes them more adept at piloting these machines. Um, and you would have a previous getter pilot, you know, help yeah, designate right. who will be a gutter pilot right there teaching him yeah um other thoughts who who would like to go next i mean i'll say this yeah i understand where bob's coming from on that on the front of boy it would have been nice to have like a couple time stamps in here and i guess this is the benefit of having consumed as much media as i have which is far too much um i i took it on faith like ah this is not the present this was then as with the rest of the in perspective to the rest of the story. Uh, not knowing how long ago then was, but, you know, seeing how cleaned up everything was and, you know, the, the initial narration, implant, if I read it correctly, of we were underground. 
as a species, humanity went underground, and and then the lizard men attacked and get her rays and cool. Just to kind of super superficially go through that, I, I'm like okay, that's cool. And then seeing like ah, oh, we're on the surface and we've where we have all this, you know, everything looks as we would more or less expect today. I'm like okay, that seems fine. That, that's perfectly fine. That's good. Time has passed and. I guess what I really, really appreciated too is when you normally get like a sequel series or a alternate series, you get these, um, like, oh, we, we have the new machine and it just works. And we, we get to see this new machine being tested even. How many Gundam series, just for my easiest point of reference, do we get, it's like, ah, and then there's the, just the Gundam, and it works. Like, sure, the pilot might have to get used to it a little. We don't see anyone actually test bedding the, the machine and saying, okay, let's make sure it works the way as designed and intended. It, it, even to go back to G Gundam, like, we never saw, even in a flashback or a reference, like, this is the test bed for the Shining Finger and how it will work. And apparently the super mode that was always built in from day one. It's like none of this was there. It was all just like you, you just take it as the audience like this was there and it was always there and it always worked. For me, I appreciate those little details and it makes a series more engaging for me. I, I think we can kind of chalk that up to this being an OVA because True. if you do go back to like any of the original uh, series adaptations, like you think about it in the way of being like knowing that you're making like a serialized series. Mm -hmm. That's a great sentence. Um, but like you need to have your, your structure to your episode. Like you think of, you know, an episode of power Rangers, it's like you have the opening and then you have the first fight as people. Then you have the next fight as power Rangers. And then you have the last fight and in the Megazord, you know, like uh, I feel like when you're, you're creating a normal series, because even something like getter has, you know, similar. I, I think we could say that uh, for the most part, or at least for like certain arcs in G Gundam, we get that as well. Um, but because this is an OVA, we know that we are we are freed from that structure because it's like, no, we're going to show the things that are interesting to us that are going to land and make a point. And if we don't hit all of those beats every episode, who cares? We do not need to. And to be fair, I, I completely agree with you. I'm sure that's why we get it. I just love seeing it because there's plenty of other OVAs even. I was like, no, no, it's just a new thing and it works. Um, honestly, I was kind of thinking of like Pat Labor films. You see them kind of testing and putting the machines through their paces. I was like just a brief scene. about to say Pat Labor. Just like mm -hmm. you want to see a show take a minute to show them putting a Kevlar vest on a giant robot. Yep. Watch some Pat Labor. And and that's just like oh I love the little details of just like this is kind of how and why it works like yeah give me that there is the unfulfilled potential in me to be an engineer at one point in my life that just eats that up. Also, oh wait, MS did a pretty good job of that, right? Because like even in one of the episodes we watched, it was just like watching Shiro, yeah, just like rip off the sidewalks. Like we're gonna have a scene where he is tinkering and trying to fix the get the dust out of the leg. Yeah, those you put that in any show, OVA movie. I am eating that up like candy because that that is my jam. I love those little world building details. 
it's good stuff. Uh, Joe, any, any thoughts on episode one? How, how, how did this all hit you? I, I feel like this isn't the first time you've seen this show, right? No. Okay. All right. Moving yeah. On. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I see this. You, I watched this with you before. Uh, I don't know. Probably years ago. I think we were. I think this was something we watched like in the lounge in college. Yeah. Um, and like I remember of it in the overall, but I I enjoyed it a lot this time to, through too. Um. I love that, like, the first shot we get is the head of the Statue of Liberty on its side, like, mm-hmm. destroyed. Mm-hmm. So we know immediately that we are on the version of this planet. No, um, so, like, you immediately get that, like, establishing information of, like, okay, this is like, the future and, like, things are different. And then it pans up immediately into the Twin Towers. I was just like, oof. <laughs> yeah, that, that, man, you want an alternate reality future? They're still there. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm trying to forget what, like, the, the year chronology is. That actually, when that yeah. <laughs> New York event taken place, that might have been before Lon, 2001. Because uh, I have the wiki in front of me. I was trying to look up something I wanted to bring up later. Uh... It doesn't give me a year. The year twenty XX. Yeah, <laughs> they love to do year that. Twenty XX. Yeah. Um, God, they really uh, do. The I other love thing that. I did want to bring up, just in general for this show, is that um, this is another example of uh, growing up with anime. Is mm. um, specifically this is a fan sub that we are yes. watching. Fanta. Um, <laughs> fan I like more flavor. Oh. Um, you would get it by torrent or from friends um and it would just get passed around and it's um an unofficial version of the translation of media that sometimes never gets translated for uh our side of the world um yeah i'm not sure if this ever had like a official english release it it must we can get on blu-ray right i'm looking it up (laughs) good good good. um somebody's got it but yeah, so like along with that, you usually get, you know, funky colored subtitles, um, like for different characters and stuff. Like people will put their own kind of flair on it. Um, you get translations that aren't always, that may be more like technically accurate is in like a direct translation, transliteration of the, of the line, but not necessarily like the meaning of it. Um, and also sometimes you get fun little, uh, editor's notes for about certain translations. The editor's notes are always the best part. Yeah. I need to know what Keikaku means. I, yeah, I I was going to save that because I think it's the next episode it's the that, next that episode, came in. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you want to talk about me flashing back hard until like my late <laughs> teens, early 20s and just saying, oh, man, here's a trip down the nostalgia road. That was it. Like the editor's note, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just speaking of subtitles and like fan subbing stuff, uh... Like, not only is this a fan sub, and it, even back in the day, it was really fun when, like, different, you would see, like, different fan groups do their own subs, so there was, like, conflicting translations floating around, um, or at least subtly different. Uh, yeah, but, and, like, you may have, like, one team that you always prefer subs from, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but, like, 
these are hard baked subs. These are part of the video file. Um, with the completely non-standardized, like, font work and everything. I love it. Honestly, I love it. Um, but, like, that's the thing. If you get, you know, even fan subs these days, uh, you know, tech technology and sort of just the sort of how elaborate these, because, you know, fan translations still exist for a lot of ways. Like, we see it a lot in, in manga because oftentimes, uh, a group of fans can get translations done without having to like worry about delays for like licensing or anything like that. So, uh, fan subbing is, is, or fan elations. Fan, okay. Um, uh, it, it's still popular, but like even now for anime, you will see people doing soft subs where, you know, it is an overlay that you can turn on and off. Right. Um, cause e even YouTube videos, you can go in and write your own, you know, uh, subtitle track, to, to get it exactly as you want it. So it's weird to like go back in time and see like, okay, this is when people were baking it into the video file. Um, and even before you were like getting anime off of Kazaa or whatever your torrent program of choice was like somewhere in this house, I believe we still have um, a couple of transformer tapes where it is just, recorded off air in Japan, no subtitles at all, Japanese language only, and that was sent across the ocean. And that is what, like, that, e e before our time even, that's what Anime Club would do, is, like, literally, like, MST style, like, keep circulating the tapes. It was just like, hey, I got, I got the friend in Japan, he sends me these tapes, and I'm just gonna, like, start sending them from group to group, and they go around in a loop. And it's like... Boy, anime nerds had a struggle back in the old days. <laughs> it was a it was a greater time, a time of civilized culture. It was a time of a lot more. Um, uh, I, it was a dub of a more civilized era. I I think maybe it like bred more indignant or something, and sort of like the elitism that sprung up mm -hmm. around nerd cultures. It was just like we had to work so hard to get these tapes, and we still didn't understand them, and we still struggled through it. We we watched Kenshin uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> I was just gonna say this is the anime we got, and we like it. Meanwhile, now you just go to your Yahoo anime and turn on your subs and all the kids can do it on their iPhones and their Minecrafts and their Eurovision. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> is it is it possible that we've become so out of touch? No, no. It's the children okay. that are wrong. It's the, it's the anime that are wrong. Uh, all right. I, okay, so I'm going oh, yeah, go to play ahead. Krampus for Christmas. I did a quick search for any kind of Blu-ray of Shin Getter Robo versus Neo Getter Robo. Do you think it exists to be bought? And if so, at a reasonable price or not? Yes, no. <laughs> I agree, yes, no. Joe, final thoughts? Uh, or final entry? I'm gonna say no, it doesn't exist. Well, two of you are 50% right. <laughs> For regular retail price of essentially 25 bucks off of Right Stuff Anime, you can get Shin Getter Robo versus Neo Getter Robo Blu-ray, all four OVA episodes. Uh, currently, though, on sale for eighteen seventy one. Unfortunately, right now it is out of stock, but they are oh. expecting more. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm not. 
I'm not going to lie. I bookmarked this while waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm, 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 I might have to sign up for that. <laughs> I would be really curious about watching, like, an official translation. <laughs> yeah. And while we are not sponsored by uh, Right Stuff Anime, now a subsidiary of Crunchyroll, yo, if y'all y'all ever hear this and we... <laughs> hey, we like <laughs> anime. Up your anal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, give us a call. <laughs> Send us something. We'll we'll make fun of it. We'll, no, no. <laughs> We'll review it. Oh. We'll give our takes, but we'll be fair. Oh, we'll have takes for sure. All right. Are we ready to move into episode two? Heck yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode, sorry. Change two. Launch. Texas Mac. This is probably my favorite episode. They're all good episodes. So we open again on another cold open flashback. We are seeing a convoy of military trucks uh, storming into the lab where Dr. Satome and Hayato are. I don't think we see Hayato in, in this flashback, actually. He is not present. Um, but basically the government is coming in and saying like, hey, shut down this getter tech stuff. It's like, well, why? It's like. Did you see the way that New York got obliterated? You see how there's no New York anymore? Yeah, this getter technology is illegal now. Um, there is no state of New York. Yeah, because they, they were basically still working on the shin getter and still, I guess, had not successfully launched it or something like that. So it got, um, they, they froze their assets, by which I mean they literally put the shin getter into a cryo freeze. Oh no! Storage. No, no! You have to say it right. Okay. It was frozen and encased in carbonite. Oh God! It wasn't in, in a carbonite layer, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Oh my God! It got soloed. Yeah. It God. Um. And yeah, that is the that is the the fullness of the cold open just sort of explaining so so the thing behind this and i forget we might talk about this a little bit later but like the whole point is that um the neo getter robo that we saw on full display last episode it is not technically like technically it shouldn't be called a getter because it is not it doesn't run on getter beams yeah it is not powered by getter energy it is powered by plasma however you want to say that that works um but yes, it is the Neo Getter is not getter powered, and that makes it uh weaker but safer and sort of more stable. Um It's the ethically sourced getter energy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's free range getter. Um <laughs> cage free. Gosh. Uh but yes, uh after the opening we come back and basically now uh Go is having his uh, official training and we learn that he is basically far too hot blooded to follow instructions correctly and just sort of crams his jet into the transformation sequence. Um and it works well enough, but he bites his tongue multiple times because he won't shut up during heavy G forces. Even though he's asked to. Uh-huh. Um, was it asked or instructed? Because I feel like she wasn't really, get, you know, making that a request. It's more like unspoken. I'm telling you for your safety and benefit, also so we don't have to listen to you. Definitely advised. Yes. And of note, they don't go by their names; they go by their numbers. Yes. Uh. So yes. Um. This was actually one of my lesson plan bullet points. A thing to know about getters, and this is true from the original series, and like ever forward uh 
the one of the points of the getter robot program is that it is made up of three jets and it will have three forms the form that uh the form of the robot that is assembled is determined by the sort of permutation of how the jets um combine so getter one is your axe wielding bipedal uh sort of like standard ground fighter uh and and also the pilot of the jet so like getter 1 is the the form is sort of piloted by the getter 1 pilot um each form to jet each pilot uh where i think the other two are basically just like running support for that one when it's not their turn um getter 2 is a much more agile sort of a sword fighter kind of um i think it's designed th- for air combat there you go it has drill arms it's got drill yeah. arms um, it's and, the drill that broke the heavens. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, and then soon. Getter Three is tank and underwater operations. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when tank legs are necessary, you call on Getter Three. Uh, it is the tank mode. <laughs> but that is like every Getter you will meet has sort of the three forms, and and the combining that is, it makes for a great um toy line after the series is put into syndication. Um, but yeah, so after training, uh, they're kind of coming in and we're in the control room and we're learning that they were supposed to get contact from a satellite, but, uh, it is somehow MIA. We get more of our little crazy freak scientist who is just, he's invented a new gun and he's just dumping in the hallway. Like that one Pokemon (laughs) tournament. That's different. Yo, you want to see this gun? Pulls trigger. Uh-huh. Gun safety, not a thing in this military. Well, he pulls the, uh, the, what's his face from Big Trouble in Little China. He just, like, sprays a praise across the ceiling and then concrete falls on his head. And he's like, oh, I need to revise this. And doesn't he say, also, he's like, I'm going to, essentially, I'm going to embiggen this so I can give it to the machine. Uh-huh. Well, it's a scale prototype. You always got to start in scale. Just... Okay. I wasn't sure because of my lack of familiarity. Like, does this does this man just have, like, a ray gun that makes things bigger? Because that's not <laughs> totally something that happens later. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay, well, that was alien technology. We'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, to be fair, you're right, but I'm like, I, from again, from my perspective and not knowing what they may or may not have here, I'm like, God, is that a thing they've got? <laughs> I mean, transforming a... fighter jets. Is it really alien technology? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, okay, so, uh, because the satellite is MIA, uh, we just call up the U.S. mech fighting headquarters. That's, I guess, a thing. Um, because this is where we get on the phone with Jack King and Mary King, the pilots of Texas Mac. There's a lot to unpack here with Jack King, Mary King, and Texas Mac. Who would like to begin? Who would just like to start I, pointing out things about these characters? I I don't know if I want to take the ball on this one, but I want to say Jack King does my favorite thing in anime. The the thing that makes Stardust Crusaders okay, this one was start a fight in JoJo's. Stardust Crusaders is not the best. It's definitely one of the best that I have personally enjoyed of JoJo's overall manga and anime. But I love it so much for a non-zero amount because in the anime itself, 
we get old man Joseph Joestar with some broken Japanese English. Yeah. And that goes miles for me for some reason. I don't know why. So when Jack King just opens his mouth <laughs> and English, Americanized English coming out that is not from a Native Americanized finger, I, I'm just like, hit me with it. Just say all the things. This is so dumb and I love it. Like, oh, this is what I miss about old anime. It, it's crazy, right? Because this is one of those things where like, I don't know, because of this character, I don't know if I would want to watch this in a dub. This would be one of the few ones where I would say, no, let's watch it in Japanese. Um, I, because I would watch it just to see the difference. Sure. But I'm with you, like, this is clearly the superior, this is one of those times I'll put my foot down and say, this is clearly the superior version. Like, there's just something, cause like, it's, it's right, like, the idea is he's supposed to be an American who speaks broken Japanese, but, mm-hmm. They had to do it the other way where they have a Japanese voice actor like throwing some English into a bad Japanese accent and it's just like, oh boy. It's oh, really I'm impressive it's because different. he manages to speak the Japanese with an overly American accent and words with overly Japanese accents. Yeah. It's so it's super result. layered and it's beautiful for it. It's I love fantastic. it. It's it's so terrible in its own way, but it's like it's because it's terrible, it's like it's so good. It's, it's so very, good. very Texas. He's so <laughs> he's so confident in himself too. That comes across in his voice. It's just like, oh, you're doing it so wrong, and you have no self awareness. Oh, beautiful boy. And in true American fashion, he just picks a fight with the go. Hmm. Well, like the, the the obvious comparison here is Andy Cowboy Andy from Cowboy Bebop. Like same <laughs> character, right? Oh, Pretty for much. so reasons we're going to touch on in the last episode for. Oh, yeah. Um, God, I love them. But, uh, yeah, so they are the pilots of Texas Mac, so they are kind of the American equivalent of the Getter team? Sure, why not? It's a super robot, not a Getter robo. You are correct. Thank you. I apologize. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, as they're talking to them, the, they sort of point up in the sky and say, oh no, look out. And the communication is cut off. At which point we, uh, cut to their side in America and we just watch debris falling from space and just taking out American military bases. Uh, Very including Washington. Including DC. It's President. Washington. Yeah. Washington? Also, I love how concerned this guy is for the president, yep. like he's related to him or something. Uh-huh. This this goes beyond the Mr. President, get down. This is like not our president. Like, oh, 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 oh. Well, you know, Texas Mac is technically part of the Secret Service forces. Um, Wait, not not Jack Seriously? and Mary. Texas Mac. No, I'm making it up, but it's a great joke. <laughs> Listen, I can believe that because anime. So, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hold on, like, I can believe this. It's like, don't do that to me. <laughs> Um, but I'm trying to figure out, like, where are they? Texas, clearly. I mean, literally what? looks more like Arizona or Nevada. I agree. Yeah, I was going to say. Implication yeah, I, of Texas. I, I think, I think Texas is wherever Jack King and Mary King and Texas Mac are. I think they bring it with them. You know how, like, you'll see in, we'll say science fiction, um, in, in, uh, 
science fiction or other like maybe political dramas or spy shows. It's like every every time they go to a single location, an American or a British agent goes to a location, it's always just Tokyo or it's always just Seoul. I think this is the Japanese or at least anime equivalent of it's oh. always Texas. Yeah, okay. We, we may not actually know what to – I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying. They love the, cowboys. The, yeah, the creators don't know what Texas looked like necessarily. So is it, we've seen pictures of the Wild West. This guy is hard Wild West aesthetic because we're all cowboys here that this is Texas, this vast wasteland, which arguably it is for you know different definitions. But you know, please don't hate me, Texas viewers. Hey, quick note for – just later thought. Did okay. Italian movie makers ever do a takeoff on samurai movies? Uh, Google, come here. <laughs> All right, just just make a note. Oh, we'll you look mean like it. like spaghetti westerns? Like a spaghetti the, western, okay. but a samurai shampoo. Yeah. The, the, the real thing that I the real reason I want to know where they are is because they are so worried about DC, but. At minimum, they are half a continent away from DC <laughs> with, when they're having this call. So it's like, it really makes you like, if this was trying to be an episode of 24, it's like, oh, you're going to launch on Texas Mac from Texas and or Arizona and just fly to DC. So that's going to take what, three hours? How fast does it go? Can't be that fast. It can't be as fast as something powered by Getter Rays. Mm hmm. Um, well, I mean, the the Neo Getter was going mock whatever. Mach seven nine? in the another episode. Right. They it said mock seven. Seven, right. It's the shin that goes mock nine later when it finally comes into play. Um, but yeah, we get the whole launch sequence of Texas Mac. Uh, it is a cowboy. The robot is a cowboy. Its hat is a spaceship piloted by, by Mary. Um, because, the hat. You know. Um. So we didn't talk about it when uh, we watched G Gundam. We did not really get into the Gundam Maxter, Maxter, Baxter, Maxter, 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 because it's not a real word, right? Uh, but like that was a boxer football player with revolvers. Giant Listen, uh, hold on. Uh huh. Pulls glasses down, pushes oh, glasses up. <laughs> um, actually, it was a football playing boxer, uh, surfer. Oh. With six shooters. Oh my god. Okay. So, yeah. But but the question is, which is the more American robot? Is it Texas Mac or is it Gundam Maxter? Why would you do this to me? Because I love me my G Gundam babies. Um, but I, for reasons later, I will love this machine. Not necessarily the machine itself. Um, but because of all these just terrible English here, I will have, I will side with Texas Mac. Because I ain't gonna lie, the Western aesthetic is kind of my thing because of certain heritage things, not the cowboys. Um, sure, sure. No, yeah, it's but... really not. The robot listen, has a I, vest with tassels on it. Like, listen, a sarape goes far with me. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm gonna say Gundam Maxter eats the big one on this one. 
well, I, I would say while it is the the most America flavored, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like saying what what is better, Taco Bell or a genuine actual burrito from or even tacos from like a street food truck. Okay, so Gundam Maxter is like the golden corral of American giant robots. Yes. You yes, just take all correct. of it and put it on your plate, and it's a mishmash. Mm-hmm. Am I hungry? Is, is that the issue here? I mean, brisket. Mm. Which well, is also here. a good thing in Texas. Yes. Okay. Um. So, uh, cowboy ass robot. Uh, we go to Washington D.C. to save it from asteroids. Yes, mm-hmm. they they, t- they take off for Washington D.C. We get a quick um. Back in the Japanese headquarters, Go is just like, well, all right, come on, Go, we gotta help them out. And then everybody's just like, that's outside of our jurisdiction. And then Hayato kind of just looks over his shoulder and is just like, nah, yeah, you kids go have fun. And so they take off for DC. Um, we see, uh, we cut over to DC and we just see, uh, numerous, uh, highly recognizable landmarks getting taken out. Um, the Washington Monument, the Congress, I wasn't watching that closely. I won't lie. I was just like, oh yeah, DC's getting blown up. I think the, was the Lincoln Memorial got hit? But the, the, the asteroids Lincoln tried to, or was like, it Jefferson? I think it was Lincoln. I, I know, I know the Washington Monument got just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know the, the important one is that the asteroids try to pull an ID four on the uh, White, the White House. House. Yeah, te- you know Texas Mac ain't had none of that. Not in my America. <laughs> Just comes out last second, saves the White House and the president um, with his six shooters. With his six shooters, I love the quick cutaway that like Texas Mac shows up and we see like a random kid in the backseat of an escaping car just going, Oh yeah, Texas Mac is here because Texas Mac is a friend to all children. Yeah. And right after that too, like I loved that, but it fed right into like the next just scene, which is Texas Mac doesn't just unload its six shooters from its empty rounds. It's not a battery powered thing. It's not an aesthetic on its actual six shooters with these shell casings that fall and crush cars. Uh Yes. The empty casing. Yeah. But here's, here's probably my one critique. You're telling me that that machine in that era with that level of technology couldn't just have one of those auto loaders that already has like six rounds loaded. So you just push it in. It has to, and, and but I love the animation of it manually loading new rounds into the gun. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. It's like this is it's like this. There's a part of my brain that's like this. This is completely unnecessary. They should have thought about this. And there's the other part of my brain which beats it over the head with a stick, saying, <laughs> "Listen, no, shut up. This is beautiful animation. This is great. This is an aesthetic, and you will like it." It's the aesthetic, and or uh, it goes by the revolver ocelot. Uh, 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 philosophy where like, oh no, having to manually reload just increases the adrenaline. It's the thrill of battle. Truly the beauty of the danger. Um, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I love that scene. But, uh, so we got Texas Mac just picking off meteors until one big one is coming down and he just can't blow it up and it's about to hit and then it explodes because Mechasaurus Bull appears out of the meteor. Uh, and so, all right, Mechasaurus on the scene. I Meanwhile, am so concerned about this Mechasaurus bull. I'm yeah. going to call it the Madonna Mech. Okay, yes, I see. Yes, we'll, we'll get there. 
Um, this isn't, listen, this is, this is Getter Robo, not Mazinger. So we can, we can, we can have that talk later. Um, uh, meanwhile, as this fight is going on, we now see, we cut to a bunch of Japanese battleships fighting another Mechasaurus that has appeared underwater. This is Mechasaurus MOBA. We know this is not also in DC because in DC it is night, but here this scene, it is daytime. Um, and it turns, we will be learning soon that it is actually, um, coming up on the Tokyo shore. It's Tokyo because they have that Ferris wheel in the background, right? That's supposed to be a, a notable landmark. That was my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're back to, we know that it's happening. We go back to DC, uh, Texas Mac is losing the punch fight. Um, and then the getter shows up and basically takes it out in a single blow because, you know, getters are cool. Um, so yeah, it destroys Mechasaur's bull in one shot. And then the one shot where it is posing in front of the flapping American flag is just mm-hmm. an amazing, it is every frame of painting truly. Um, we learn uh, that the satellite that has gone MIA has actually been hijacked by uh, reptilian technology, and it is just sort of dumping meteors on towards the Earth. It just like doom, doom, doom. Um, uh, the Getter team gets the message that MOBA has arrived to the Japanese shore, so they got to peace out, and they're like, "Oh, but what about Texas Mac? Oh, uh-huh. don't you worry, because underneath." The, um, what, what is that called? Is it the Mall of America? No, it's the... Yeah. Uh-huh. It is the Mall of America. Uh, underneath the lawn in front of the lighthouse, there is this big handle that reveals... <laughs> There's a hidden giant casket filled with... Why is it in a casket? Because <laughs> that's extremely western. How long does it take to like rebury that chain every time? Oh my god! Listen, this is why our defense budget is so high. Um, <laughs> it's just for the rental of the backhoes to rebury the casket. Um, but he pulls this out, and it is full of a giant gun. And this is here is the quote as uh, Jack King is describing uh, this weapon. This gun has way too much high power, man. Um, which like they if, can't be used for the ground enemies. You cannot use it against a ground target because it just <laughs> it's gone too this, big. This yeah. is my one of my favorite parts of this. Like we have this giant unusable mor- space or laser mortar. Can't use it normally, but we've got it. Why? Mm-hmm. Just in case. In case the and moon ever gets a it's just, hair up its ass and we need to kill it. <laughs> well, not only that, it's like, at some point they had to bury that. Mm-hmm. They, so it's like, it's not like it's a secret weapon theoretically, it's just there conveniently, and it was always going to be only there in Washington DC. If you were in Washington DC and needed to shoot something in the sky, yes. Oh god. I, lo- I love it. It's, it's so off the walls bonkers. It makes no logical sense. I'm like, into my veins. It's like if we named these episodes with like, you know, flavorful titles, this gun has way too much high power, man, is the name of anything where you talk about 
Shin Getter versus Neo Getter. Like to me, this I, that line is the show. This this scene is like. I think I need to rename my home network now. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so he pulls out this gun, fires one shot, satellite is done, America is saved. Uh, we cut back to Japan, MOBA is there, uh, traditional armaments are being used, tanks and planes and- MOBA is a turtle. MOBA is a turtle. Not, this turtle is not a friend to all children, it unlike Texas not. Mac. I was gonna say, you're lying, that's not a MOBA, that's, I've seen those, that's <laughs> a League of Legends. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's Gamera. Well no, see, Getter is jungling right now, that's why it needs to- <laughs> Make its way back to to the east lane in order to gank the MOBA. You know what? It che- it's an older code, but it checks out. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> um, right, but like all the the tanks and planes, just nothing's working. They're getting taken out, so they're just trying to slow it down. As soon as MOBA arrives at the Getter HQ, Getter arrives and blocks a shot. Um. And this is the point where I noticed that the Getter Battle theme is a reprise of the main theme of the show. Uh-huh. It's so good. It's so good. Like, that that's how you know that's how you know that they know that they had something good. It's just like this is not just some throwaway song that we put on the front. This is the theme of the show. This is some and the one that they pick to go in front of the show to label it is the battle theme. It's just like, this is what it's about. They knew. And you know what? They were right. It is probably one of my favorite traditions in anime where you have a fight scene in some kind of action genre where it is the ultimate fight. And you know, it is because not only do they play the theme, they play the whole theme, not just the one minute blurb or 30 second blurb you get at the beginning of the show normally. Huh? Oh, and when they do the version of the theme that has the lyrics and it's, it is no longer background music, it is yeah. foreground music. Yeah, you hear all the lyrics through and through. Best oh. thing ever. We're going to get that next episode, too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Getter shows up. Getter is really good at finding Mechasaurus because, like, another time this is, like, basically a, a one-hit win. Um and then just when we think it's good, uh, Lord Goru appears as some sort of, uh, Mufasa ghost in the sky. And it's just like, Hey, what up? I'm back. Um, Get her. I'm here to mess you up. And then we see the, um, a giant UFO break its way out of the polar ice and just, yeah, it turns out this is the thing's space. Uh huh. Yeah. Full time. The, I had that written down in my notes. Like, <laughs> did John John Carpenter crypt this? <laughs> oh my god, I would love to see John Carpenter do a Getter movie. Oh my god, John Carpenter's Shin Getter Robo. <laughs> John Carpenter's Shin Getter versus Neo Getter. Oh my god. Oh, in my veins. Um, but yeah, on that reveal, episode two ends. Uh, any closing thoughts on this episode? This is my favorite, and it's all straight because of our Texas friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and just the way that they speak. So, I, I, I looked into this a tiny little bit, but, like, uh, so, Jack and Mary and Texas Mac are from the original Getter Robo series. They are from, like, the anime, and specifically, they are, like, an enemy of the week from exactly one episode of the anime. Um, where basically they show up and they are basically just to, sh- to challenge Getter to a duel. They beat two out of the three forms and then, uh, 
they lose to the third form and then they team up to fight a Mechasaurus and then they're just like, man, Texas Mag needs some improvements. And then they go back to America never to be heard of again. Um, Until now. They're busy burying a casket. You know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, is Okay. Does this count as a gun grave because it's a casket with a rifle? Anyway, it's a bad question. I mean, did it have a headstone? What was Was the Washington Monument mm. its headstone? Because if so... Yes. Oh, the, the White Lincoln House. Memorial. The White House is just a tombstone for the country. Oh, I get it. It's wow. political. Power, like a more powerful phrase has never been said that is also true. <laughs> what makes me sad is that um, my visit to Washington, D.C. took place before I saw this, so I couldn't look for the middle. <laughs> yeah, the big you ring. Find the, yeah, the start of the, the literal start of the chain. <laughs> yeah. The only way that they could have like up this is like if also like there was like another pull handle right next to it that you just you pull it and then you hear like a giant lawnmower engine start up and then like the whole White House lifted off and it had like battleship guns sticking out like what is this Warhammer 40k? Oh boy, I mean, no is there, question. Is there getter rays in that? Because I would start playing if there was getter rays in that. I mean, they have all kinds of weird crap, so sure. Um, here's a question for you. How far is the Pentagon from the, from the White House? It's a distance. It's not right it's there. Not, yeah, it's not like in that area. It's that side of the country. I kind of figured I needed to double check because I was going to say, the only way it could be better is if he went to the Pentagon to pull the train from where it was. I was like, ah, wow, the metaphor has never been more real. What if he just... Oh, never mind. The Pentagon is right across the river from the Smithsonian. Oh, oh he should have gone in there and just, like, reached under it and, like, pulled it up and, like, the whole Pentagon comes up. It's actually just the top of a weapons armory. Yeah, he just picked up the Pentagon and threw it like a five-pointed throwing star. Oh, <laughs> to live that dream. Oh. Blasting off again. Never to be seen. Okay. Getting into the next episode, we are mm -hmm. looking at Change 3, Revive, Shin Geta Robo. Uh, once again, we start with cold open of a flashback. We have Ryoma at Musashi's grave. Um, we kind of put this together piecemeal because he's sad. Um, okay. Uh, Ryoma. I should probably explain this. In the very first episode, uh, in the cold open at New York, when, uh, Musashi is piloting the getter, uh, and holding off the mechasaurs, uh, Ryoma and Hayato, the getter one and three, no, one and two, I believe one and two pilots, they are in the shin getter sort of trying to get it launched. Um, Ryoma is the one who is all bandaged up. There are... I wondered. Thank you. There are lore reasons? Um, see, this is where, why I had to start looking into the timeline. This is... Well, wasn't he, like, caught and tortured yeah. by the dinosaur? That's what they said. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, okay. I'm, I'm gonna try and give you the brief version of this, because it's one of my favorite things um if you were to try to create a unified timeline this show takes place before getter robo armageddon 
in Getaromo Armageddon, Hayato appears midway through the series, also, ooh, also covered in bandages. This is why I was confused. Um, he appears in the Black Getter. Uh, the Black Getter is, uh, a piece together patchwork fix of multiple getters that were left on the moon in the wake of the moon wars. And he, he, when he came back from having an astral trip through the getter rays, uh, he uh, awoke on the moon, fixed a getter up and then jumped back to earth. And it got recolored black because all of the paint burned up entering the atmosphere. Now, when you say trip, are we talking like voyage or put on Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead? Um, my understanding is yes. Uh, because cool. we, like we, we, we will learn later that getter rays have like a, a, I, I don't think he was on the moon tripping. I think he was on a trip and then arrived on the moon, but in a very, uh, non-solid consciousness kind of way. Uh, well, you see, I don't know if it's that. I think that was how he, he got, so he was framed for the murder of Dr. Satome. Um, Spoiler. Yeah. Well, no, it's okay. Dr. Satome wasn't dead. Um, uh, because Dr. Satome comes back as the first episode of get a robot Armageddon is Satome doing the, um, uh, the devil Gundam thing and just standing on the shoulder of a Mechasaurus and walking towards the shore saying, I'm the bad guy. Now everything's going to die. Um, so it's just like, okay, he's actually not dead. Cause he's right there. So now we know the other guy was innocent. So we should take him back. We should let him out of jail, except he's not in jail because he's on this getter raid trip where he ends up on the moon and all of that happens. Listen, the way that these series intertwine is great. That's really what I'm getting at. Um, but so, yes, he is in bandages from something that happened in Getter 1, not because he had just gotten back from the moon. Um, did I mention that the events of the Moon Wars is not in an anime that only ever gets covered during a radio drama series of Getter Robo? So with this being the Moon Wars, at what point does Princess Susaki show up? Uh, I mean, whole thing. Cool. Who do you think they're fighting? Actually, I don't know. I think they're, they might be fighting space time. I gotta, listen, watching this and we watch the whole thing, which I was happy about. I'm like, oh, I just gotta go watch Get a Robo Armageddon again, which I think is like canonically takes place at the end of the everything. Uh, that's why it's called Armageddon. Anyway, so, but yes, here, here is what Hayato is going to look like normally in this show, uh, looking dressed up in like a, he's a karate man. He's kind of a Ryu. He's kind um, of a hobo. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of a Ryu. Oh, if you don't know about Street Fighter lore, Ryu is such a hobo. And then he gets dad energy. Um, <laughs> but we are, uh, oh yeah. Okay. So, so he is saying that here. He's like, I'm sorry. I couldn't be there to. You know, I'm sorry you died. It's because I was captured by reptilians at the time, and so I couldn't come help. Uh, so he blames himself, and he is walking away. We are seeing that 
now the original Getter team is completely broken up because Musashi is dead and uh, Ryoma takes off and Hayato's the only one left. And he, that's why I guess he ends up being captain. Um, but as he's walking off, he is sort of spotting the cold opening of the previous uh, episode happening where the military is going to uh, uh, shut down the Getter project. Uh, so I like that little tie together. I did like that. I guess I, this is where I'm dumb. I didn't pick up that it was the tie back. I thought there's like a new deployment was going there for reasons or that as we'll learn later, maybe it was the uh, reptilian dinosaurs undercover. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I think I get it or I got it more because I've watched this show a handful of times. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. No, yeah, I, li- I like that read better. After our intro, uh, we see Hayato uh, coming home in a Jeep. Uh, or, Well, he's driving in a Jeep, and we're getting flashbacks to basically the aftermath of last episode. Uh, they are being congratulated for defending, you know, DC and Japan from Mechasaurs. Uh, and he's kind of petitioning to be like, hey... Um, a, Mechasaurs are back. B, you see how good this near ghetto thing did. Let me tell you about how the Shin Getter would do in the same situation. Uh, but they are not allowing, they're not giving the okay to, to take that project off ice. Um, so that's when we kind of figure out that he's driving to the old lab to just, you know, illegally revive the Shin Getter. Um, he runs into go on the road because he's just like, well, I know that she were sneaking off to do some shady shit and I want in. Um, so that's just fun. Uh, when we get, uh, we flash to the, uh, inside of the Shin Getter base where, uh, General Bato is talking to Dr. Satome and just being like, Hey, we'll, we're not going to let you do this Shin Getter stuff. That's our only real threat. Um, at which point <laughs> just from on top of the frozen getter, Hayato just screams, who are you threatening? Basically <laughs> just jumps in and starts kicking all the dinos. Oh, it's just, so there's a lot of action in this episode out of giant robots. Like, there's just a lot of, like, ground combat. Um, Hayato kicks so many dinos. Like, I know I just said that, to me, this series is, this gun has way too much high power. But also, just every shot of Hayato kicking a dinosaur is the best reason to watch this show. He really gets into it, too. Like, animation, he just goes feral, almost. Yeah. Like, so, so again, like, this is where, if you didn't already have the context, this is where you start to piece it together. But um, just as Go is now the pilot of the Neo Getter 1, Hold on. Uh, Ryoma was the pilot of regular Getter 1. Hold on. Did you say piece it together? He did. Uh, well, I'm you know it what? wasn't just me. The amount of there was like just amazing animation going into the the whole scene that we're having here because we have like hand to hand combat going on. We have a lot of gunfight going on. The 
aesthetic style of the Dino Troopers firing machine guns is a hell of an aesthetic. Like, this is what 40K needs is like a dino race just with AK-47s and bolters or whatever, they've, you know? They've got something that looks like that. So, yeah. Um, And there's this one specific shot of Hayato just like dumping with a pistol and then reloading it. And I swear it was like the smoothest animation that we've seen in the whole show. It's just like, wow. Oh, it was. Right, it you know like the one probably, I'm talking about. No, I took specific note, like, this is probably my favorite scene. And just, like, just drops the clip, loads the clip, cocks the gun, or readies the gun, and just like, okay, I'm good, and here, let's do this. It's it's just amazing that it's like, this is where, okay, a show about giant robots, and this is where you spent the animation budget. Okay, cool. Um. Uh. So the gunfight is interrupted because uh, when the... Dino Empire broke in. They, uh, not only were they threatening Dr. Satome and about to take him out of the picture, they were also hijacking a whole bunch of prototype getters, just sort of, you know, that you keep around. Um, and they're picking them up, and, uh, it's kind of explained that, like, this is basically a sacrifice play because since these are prototypes, they don't have, like, proper getter radiation shielding so it's just like yeah no by piloting these robots we are basically giving ourselves cancer and ensuring our debts but like now we're going while we're still here we're using the power of these to fight back and and keep the shin getter from being revived um which is kind of cool that like this is like a desperation play offensive from the uh the dino empire and i think this is like a pretty good uh way that they showed it off um, so we get this chase scene where, uh, they're on foot getting chased around by all of these prototype getters punching through walls and, and destroying hallways until the Neo getter finally arrives, uh, because they saw Go sneaking off to go follow Hayato and they were like, oh, wherever Go is going, trouble is going to follow. So that's how they got there so quickly. Um, uh, Hayato and Go and Dr. Satome are rushing to the bay for the Shin Getter Robo, uh, and they start getting it ready to launch. They had to sort of take it out of the Carbonite Deep Freeze status. Um, this is where, uh, like, an onslaught of uh, dinos are coming in. We have lots more spin kicks, spin kicks and just gunfights and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, this is the first time that we have go meeting Ryoma. So we have a meeting of the hot blooded and they are just two doofballs. And I love, I love that pairing. I do. I do. Um, what if, what if both sides of the ship were the idiots? Mm-hmm. Um, the Neo Getter is still keeping the prototypes at bay. We get another shot of the UFO busting out of the ice because that was part of the next Simon of the last episode, and next Simons don't count, so that's fine. Um The prototype getters learn how to defend. We see the Shin Getter starting to power up. This is my lesson note about how getter energy is mildly sentient, or at least um, knows when it is uh, dramatically important to just barely work or work at the last second. Um, 
because now the Neo Getter, uh, this is where they say that it is powered by plasma, uh, is running out of energy because whereas uh, Getter energy is basically an infinite energy source that we are just, you know, barely being able to sip off the top of, uh, plasma energy has, uh, it has a definite running time, the Neo Getter. Um, Especially when one of your attacks involves throwing that plasma at your enemies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's also an element of, because it is only uh, Kai and Sho in the Neo Getter right now, it's actually a person down, so it is not at its uh, top fighting condition. Um, how specifically that works? Don't worry about it. You just It's weaker when you don't have all three pilots. That's fine. Um, Power of friendship. Right. Uh, the Shin Getter is refusing to start and go decides, I'm just going to go yell at it to make it go. Um, and that basically works. Uh, he's inside the cockpit watching the Neo Getter get the shit kicked out of it uh, through one of the screens. And when he's just like, oh, no, they're beating up my friends. And <laughs> this causes the Shin Getter to not only power up but cause an explosion, an implosion that sucks all of the getter energy out of the prototypes and destroys all of them before it is technically finished booting up. So, you know, that's cool. You gotta get your gas from somewhere. Why not siphon it from literally every gas tank? What, one level under you? Yeah, just get so upset that you basically it's it's sort of the um the inverse of a spirit bomb it's not give me all your energy it's just oh no i need all your energy give me that it's the vegeta version of a spirit bomb yeah um uh and then mechasaurus boa arrives piloted by general bato um it starts whipping the neo getter uh but then shin getter finally launches uh, the whole team moves over, so we have all three pilots in the Shin. This is where we get the battle theme being the extended song open uh, opening song with lyrics. That's how you know this is a super intense fight. Um, Boa gets uh, the total beatdown, goes for self-destruct play at the very end, and gets melted with a getter beam before having the chance to self-destruct. Um, and that pretty much does it for the episode. Uh, although the spaceship has reached the Neo-Getter base, and we learn that... Um, they cribbed someone's homework, an ID for a base? Yeah. Well, also the part where, like... So, we've talked about this a lot before. Um, Lord Garrow is... I said it wrong again, didn't I? Uh, he's a cyborg now, because when they were piecing him back together they built him into the ship he's a part of the crew a part of the ship now i guess um and also this is where they do say that uh this is not their old invasion ship this is an alien spaceship that they found in the ice this thing is like found technology even for them um, this weird dog came up to us try to eat us we put it down with fire uh and then we took its ship some guy says something in Finnish, but none of us speak that because, you know, we're dinosaurs and that makes us racist? Is that? Hmm. Um, well, it just makes them um, less continental. What, less I mean, what language do they speak in the core of the Earth? Reptilian. Isn't that where Middle Earth is? No. But they have been a... Thank God. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're speaking Japanese. What? <laughs> 
what language did they speak on the continent of Pangea? None. Saurian. Dinosaurian, or is that a dialect? Yes. Depends on the accent you use. <laughs> Great. I like the the one that leans forward. Actually, I, I like a tilde. I like an Enya. All right. Anyway, um, that brings us to our final episode. <clears throat> let me let me lean back. Final change, explorer for the future of Earth. Um, our cold open flashback this time is just the alien ship crashing into Earth back when it was just a ball of magma and had even even cooled, and then it fades into the Earth that we know it today, and we're just like. All right, ancient aliens are real. Just as an aside to everything else about this show. Yeah, I love that it's like, we're going to show this with zero explanation. Also, it's the shortest cold open. Just go. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. It's just like, well, I mean, it just it's just showing us a thing that we've been told. And listen, in a visual medium, you do want to show instead of tell everywhere possible. I was just thinking that. <laughs> but it's just so, like... All right, yeah, no, that's got it. Moving on. It is the it is one of the most brevity consider consideration towards brevity. Show don't tell other. It's like an alien ship crashed into Earth a long time ago. Next episode, long time ago, spaceship crashes into Earth. Start the show. <laughs> well, you know, we also need to make as much room for the. Uh, yeah, this is the last episode. We need we have the final battle in here. We, we not only that, we got to make room for a special. Figure that will come in later when quote unquote reinforcements arrived. Mm, mm -hmm. Um. Okay, so uh, after the opening, we pick up right after the uh, last episode. Uh, the Neo Gun Neo Neo Gundam Neo Getter base <laughs> Nessar has just been destroyed. Um, the Getter Shin Getter now is arriving to save people and fight Lord Goru. Um, they just get zapped because, you know, you gotta have the next enemy be stronger than the last one. Uh, and then Mechasaurus Gera comes out of the ship piloted by the other evil general who we've been seeing along the way. Um, and the UFO sort of takes off. Uh, uh, this, this Mechasaurus is some sort of weird jellyfish. It's kind of chaos from Sonic Adventure because it's a jellyfish that absorbs energy. Uh, and this it, It's also the tiger of the four demon generals in uh, Yu Yu Hakusho because it cribs off the exact same kind of uh, energy-absorbing idea. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. They, they go... This is the fight for Getter 3 where basically it turns it uses its tank legs to push it into the ocean and then it's like don't you know jellyfishes live in the ocean it's like ah don't you know Getter 3 lives in the ocean it's like all right um and then yeah because the girl is the brain she's the one who realizes that the proper trope to use right now is the feed the thing that absorbs energy so much energy that it explodes and they do that and that fight's over just get it out of the way also, I really love because I I know I mentioned this pre podcast. I had to watch this twice for reasons in my home life at the time. Mm. And but the first time, I this was one of the scenes I caught, you know, without distraction. And I immediately, as soon as I saw, it, like use what was it missile bomb attack? And I'm like, it was super effective. And then it just kills the thing. Like, oh, 
It was, wasn't it? Just drive into it and then explode. Yeah, all right. That's, as, you know, as you do. I love that tactic. Like our forefathers. Uh, but yes, as that fight is ending, we cut to uh, Lord Goru uh, slash the UFO, which has made it to Tokyo. Um, and it's just blowing stuff up. It's just got beams. It turns on a vacuum beam. <laughs> and then we see like elementary school kids just like heading for evacuation. They get pulled up by the beam and oh no, the children, what's going to happen? Well, Ryoma and Hayato and Dr. Satome just happen to be going by in the Neo, uh, getter one jet and Ryoma just jumps out, catches all of the children, and lands just on the ground on a car as a man from, like, you know, however, you know, 50 stories up. He could just do that. It's fine. I, I do appreciate the minor detail of, oh, that hurt. I guess it was higher up than I thought it was. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's the stinking mm -hmm. point. Like, okay, if you really want to get technical about it, he's probably jumping through the tractor beam, so that is actually slowing his descent sure. so that that way sure. he's not reaching, you know, lethal velocity. I um, just, I, no, no, I just love that. It, this is the one series, movie, anything I have ever seen where that is acknowledged mm -hmm. by a hero character. And if anything, that's one of the reasons I have come to love this spoiler. Uh, it's... I, I just love this impossible man though. Cause like, I'm, I'm trying to think like the other thing about super robot is this is where we get all of the like willpower is actually the strongest force in the universe kind of thing. Like I forget what show it's from, but the one screen capture that was just like, dude is so like thick headed and willpower powered that he opens the cockpit while he's in space. And he's just like, I don't need air to breathe. That's how much willpower I have. And everyone's just like, that shouldn't be working, but okay. Isn't that just Gurren Lagann? Um, no, it's not that. It's, oh. I mean, Gurren Lagann's also good, but don't worry about that. We'll get there. Um, yes. Uh, so hot on the heels of the Neo Getter jet is the Shin Getter. Uh, they're trying to fire beams and stuff at the UFO, but it's got a shield. Uh, and then they get shot down. And, oh, no, they're about to fall on the American embassy in Tokyo. Don't worry. Texas Mac is here to save the embassy. No, no. Texas Mac with the horse, whose name we learn is... Yes. Hold on. No, no. Don't say it. I got it here. I saved this because it's in all caps in my notes. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Where is it? Okay. Posture King. There it is. Which, like, that's the name of a mattress. I'm sorry. No, I, I, in fact, in my notes, like, was this horse made by Lazy Boy? Lazy Boy, <laughs> not to slander your product, but if you ever want to sponsor us, if you're listening, we're open to the idea. Send us some stuff. We'll review it. I would love a Lazy Boy sponsorship. Absolutely. I had a, I got a, from a friend way back when I inherited a Lazy Boy recliner, and it is my one of my deepest regrets that that's something along the way that I just couldn't take with me. Oh. Well, yeah, I got the, um... it, Who's that, that uh, comfy bean company that's always at PAX? Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I would take one of those. Yo, um, comfy bean company whose name we don't know. If you're looking for a sponsorship <laughs> or something to sponsor, hit us up. We're, we're for sale. Okay, so, yeah, the okay, this horse. 
Is the horse a robot? I can't tell. That's probably my biggest concern. It has robot pieces, and it flies. I'm going to say yes, but it's the most realistic horse robot ever. Yeah, I, you you ready for my 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 bridging the gap on this? It is a genetically modified kaiju cyborg horse. Oh, Allah! Cool. You know, somewhere between. Godzilla, or in this case, since it applies, Gamera and Mecha Godzilla, somewhere between there. So, is the cyborg part the part that made him big? Yeah. Yes. All right. Good. Excellent. We've we've come to a consensus. As um, always. Yeah, I, I just know he has such silky, beautiful hair for being that big. That's you know the tech to get hair that size that looks that good. Yeah, I mean. Maybelline ain't even doing that. Um. Okay, so now we have this weird aside that the reptiles, the the reptile empire has actually uh, launched these weird terraforming pods all over the world because they want to, uh, you know, terraform the surface of the planet so that humans can't live there, but the the dinos can, and you know, they'll take over the surface again. You know, like it was. Yeah, they want to specifically terraform it like it was in Jurassic Park, the Jurassic period. Yeah, you know, back in the good old days before wokeness. What? Whoa! <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I should be, though. I'm mad that I'm not wrong. Um, uh, we have our, our little freak boy weapon scientist shows up who's like, hey, I'm showing up with a new gun that'll be able to break a hole in the shield of the UFO. As you do. The, the, the field-breaking gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> and not only that, I love that he's got two essentially lemmings. <laughs> yeah. Powers, but they're lemmings. And they, they they speak no words. They are just, they are literally like Gru's favorite two minions from Despicable Me. He just drives up and there they are. <laughs> yeah, they're like just carrying like... The, the PC case and battery that this gun is attached to is running off over whatever. Um, and then, what was it? Ryoma's reaction is like, you let him stick around? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's got guns? Like, I figured you would have fired him too. That was like the final nail in the coffin of, I need to go back and actually watch the original series because like, I need to see how bad, bad <clears throat> the crazy this guy is. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but okay, uh, okay. This is this is the point where just as an aside, we learn that the at spaceship of Texas Mac can transform into a full giant robot sized shield, like a knight's shield, like the most it's cowboy like, coded it's piece of equipment. Origami technology. We don't understand it in America, but it oh, exists. It's like the beginning Even of those American made. It's like the beginning of Hamlet when he's all like unfold yourself anyway. That's uh, a joke from at least. Me. At least he also had his lasso that's so strong it doesn't break anything. You know. Yeah. Grab uh, a robot doesn't snap. Grab a ship doesn't snap. You know that American technology it may not be the strongest, but it is the most extra. Hmm. Um. But yes, uh, scientists and the crew of the Neo One jet uh, 
busts a tiny hole in the shield and get in and they begin going on a mission to lower the shield and turn off the terraforming machines and Ryoma has penetrated the UFO and is now just uh again a whirlwind of spin kicks it says here in my note um, I'll say my notes are the mads and the olds break into the spaceship and the <laughs> Erectilians enter the first uh find out stage <laughs> Well, okay, is the second stage of finding out is when we find out that the U.S. Embassy has the same coffin yes. buried under it? Don't worry, it's the U.S. Embassy. I'm not right. offending the Japanese. Yeah, I love that. It's like, no, no, it's okay because it's U.S. sovereign soil. <laughs> and, and again, we go back to, and I'll be honest, it was at this point in watching all four episodes, like, Wait a minute, you're telling me no one notices this getting buried here? How are they getting upset about this? And that's when I realized about the first one, like, oh, I'm so happy they got away with it. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so d- Well, no, because this is where, um, uh, as Jack King says, it's so cool. Like, he just, full English, he's just not, says it. He's not wrong. <laughs> Like, listen, I know we're biased because we're also Americans, but he's not wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, I am completely anti-gun, but I, yeah, like, God, this is so dumb, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, on the ship, uh, the Neo One team has made it to the bridge, and they melted all the dinos that are there, and uh, Goru escapes, but they start doing whatever hacking that they need to do. Um, Goru goes to the roof of the ship, which where we can... they have embiggening rays. Yeah, where they just have like enlarged rays, and he's just like, "Light me up, fam!" And then he becomes Getter size, and it's just like. Really? That's your plan? You done read a repulsive yourself? Okay. <laughs> My notes once again is like, Goru makes his monster grow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except he, he is the monster. And it's just like, that's the whole thing I thought. is like, where's the staff just coming down from the moon? He's like, ah, make my monster grow. Steam effect. And he just rocks backwards, arms kind of going out like, ah, ha, ha. Like, I need this. I think he got his lasers. Those are some, like, you know, behind the counter at the gas station lasers. And if your enlargement lasts longer than six hours, you should consult a doctor. Um, I was thinking, like, this is the, like, you go into CVS and Walgreens and you see, like, burner phones. The burner phone laser. (laughs) Um, Okay, but yeah, he's decided that he's just going to go big to have a direct hand-to-hand fight. Because, you know, there's no such thing as good help these days. you got to do it yourself. Uh, and he yanks the shin getter inside of the shield so that they can have a one-on-one duel on the top of the ship because, you know, every UFO should also count, uh, uh should also, um, operate. It's its own world mar- martial arts tournament. Yeah, it, it's own kaiju fight arena. Um, which I, I kind of, I don't know if I missed a line here, but I think the, shield is somehow blocking out like getter energy like latent getter in yeah. the the atmosphere because um, it is like getter proof shield it, it, essentially he said something to the effect it wasn't like 100% explicit to what degree 
or well, I, how. I, it's just like, yes, your getter rays can't get through here, so it's just you and me. It does make sense because the the getter beam that they launched at the shield didn't work earlier, so I guess right. that sure. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Okay, sure, that's how this works. But um, this is where we get a fight without any battle music because the shin getter is just getting just totally dumped on, just getting doing no damage, getting knocked down left and right. Um, it gets disarmed. Uh, Literally, yes, you stole yes. my joke. Uh huh. No, I'm sure all four of us have that exact line in our. Oh, notes. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh. Uh. getting gutted. Get getter got gutted. Getter got got. Um. Getter entered the find out stage. Uh, we cut back to inside the ship. Uh, where Ryoma is still punching dinos. Just you cannot stop the boy from punching a dino. Uh, but all the doctors have finished their work, and the shield falls, and the terraformer stops, so that terraformer plot did not have to be in there at all. Um, but you know, uh, this is, this is where we learn that the horse is called Posture King, because, sure, um, because- Enter recliner mode. Yeah. Well, no, they have to go into, to, um, like, trailer mode, because the- <laughs> Now that the shield's Hello. down, Texas Mac <laughs> lassos the ship and just hauls it all away from Tokyo so that, to knock down the collateral damage. It enters Texas Mac truck mode. Thank you. Thank you. There it is. Thank you. Uh, it goes out for the long haul. Texas Mac becomes a pork chop express. Um, so, uh, so even with the shield down, uh, the Shin Getter is still getting crumpled like a soda can. Uh, Goru is basically just playing with them and, and knocking them around and, you know, torturing them before just uh, taking them down. Uh, we learn that Go's superpower is that he's too stupid to be scared. Um, and he's the one who's calling out and saying he has so much willpower uh, that he causes the the shin getter to overflow until the point where it is basically made of pure getter energy slash willpower. Now getter <laughs> energy is depicted as green, correct? Yes. Okay. I wanted to make sure I wasn't misremembering or forgetting something. So at this point, all three of these people become their own green lanterns because they are harnessing the power of will. Well, ex- except it's, it's, they're doing the thing where, like, they're kind of losing their consciousness. Like, they are actually being turned into energy. Yeah, like, it's channeling through them so strongly that... I'm sure a ring with that kind of power could do that to you, too. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. The, uh... If, if the... If the rings of... What, what are they, If the lantern rings had been commissioned by Sauron, they would probably work like this? There, <laughs> I got there. Three rings for the getters. <laughs> Four, four rings for the green, three for the red, one for the yellow, because forget that guy. I, I don't know anything about Green Lantern, except there's a cat one, and that's the best one. Um, yes. But yeah, basically, Hayato is, is giving them the advice on the, the radio of, like, don't fight it. Just let it flow over. <laughs> Willpower is the mind killer. Just let it flow over you and pass through you, and you will control <laughs> it. Um, Pull your hand out of the pain box. Uh-huh. No, no, no. You leave it in the pain box, and then you just, like, all right, that's cool, pain no, box. No, no, you, you put Goru in the pain box. Oh, they're about to, because, like, I guess they they get a hold of themselves, and 
this like pure energy getter robo like condenses back down into physical form and this time it is an upgraded transformed black getter robo um which we get this quick shot to all the pilots on the inside and they're all super like akira yeah like kira akira borg cyborgs like just like part of the crew part of the ship you know like mm-hmm. it's so gross um and now we get the main theme with lyrics as the fight and Goru just gets owned just like it's like oh no I'm losing now because you know that's how plot works um the final find out stage uh-huh he, he well he finds out but then he still has to ask get a raise why did you choose humanity and then explodes like everything that's just not explodes. a find out stage oh man which like so so that's the thing like going back to this idea of like well, actually, we're going to get back to this in a second here. Um, uh, because, yes, he explodes, and the only thing to emerge from the flames is the Shin Getter back in its normal form, which then they don't have to deal with the fact that everyone became part of the machine, and how do you undo something like that? Uh, and then the show is pretty much over, and Hayato and Satome are, are standing watching the UFO falling and burning, I guess. And it says, it seems like Getter Rays have chosen us again. Or maybe they've only forgiven us for now. Like, bum, bum, bum. there's absolutely the thing where, like, you know, uh, like, this is a thing, just like a... a Japanese culture and media thing, right? Like how many movies and shows have a, like the horrors of nuclear power, nuclear war, atomic, whatever, like stand-ins because like Godzilla shows up and leaves. Yeah. Godzilla is basically get a race as well. Right. Um, it is like this force that can like be on your side or destroy you. You know, do you try to harness it? Do you try to protect yourself from it? Like, but, but just like, I feel like that's part of why, you know, getter energy is this idea of like, it's sentient in the sense that like, we are kind of, it is a power that is so above our own heads that even when we think we've harnessed it, we are still like sometimes Subject. proven wrong. It It is, we, we've entered the find out phase where like, actually we don't have this as within our control as we thought and we pay the price. And that's, I, I kind of like the way that, that, the show uh, uh, like handles that meditation probably because they're doing it with giant robots because I'm biased and you know, I mean, arguably as much as, (laughs) as much as I love me some Godzilla and how (laughs) I will say, I kind of appreciated this approach to the bomb metaphor, the nuclear bomb metaphor, because for as yes, it's in your face and you're kind of picking on it. They do give you that moment of clarity uh, of kind of what I will call like post uh, Three Mile Island, post Chernobyl, and now in modern era, post Fukushima gut punch reaction of, no, no, it was dangerous. It thing happened. It bad disaster. We're going to settle for, you know, the next thing down on the list. Not as good, not as effective works just fine mm-hmm. until and I appreciated that. Cause you can't have that in Godzilla per se. Yeah. Like the, the, the whole idea of Godzilla is like, 
the whole time Godzilla is this external entity that is out of man's control. Whereas here it is very much to like, no, whether or not to choose getter energy is within man's control. And like, you see them sort of like having to wrestle with themselves, you know, humanity wrestles with itself over how do we do this? Are we truly responsible and capable enough? We, yes, we have the ability to handle it, but are we capable of handling it appropriately? Or, you know, even, you know, Musashi's choice in the very beginning, the idea of like, hey, is paying the price of using this worth the ends? Do the ends justify the means of us paying this price? And like, he said, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say it is like a more nuanced meditation on this idea, because honestly, <laughs> this is a dumb show with the gun that you can only use to shoot at space targets that's buried under the White House. But, you and know, only made in America. Yeah. Um But yeah, and that's it. That's that's the end of the show. We get the the montage of uh everybody going their separate ways, more or less, at the end of the show. Uh Texas Mac and the getter splitting off. Like, it's kinda weird that this is Neo versus Shin because it's really about the two getters and Texas Mac is also there. That is the, the buddy cop you, duo. You beat me to it because I was gonna say this this does the comic book trope of Wolverine versus Hulk, and it's like, mm, are they really, or is it just like, they're both here, and thus versus was thrown in unnecessarily? Well, I, I think there's, if you want to talk about the Neo versus Shin, there's a little bit of versus there, because we are seeing this idea of, like, the power of getter technology versus the sort of Fire. consistency of, of plasma tech, but, like, no, like, when we're coming from, like, like a, a midstream kaiju ideas. When you say versus, you mean they're going to punch each other. Exactly. And here's the thing. I will not begrudge it if that's really what it was trying to do. I feel like it could have, if that was truly its message, they could have done it better. Yeah. Well, but I, still, still good. I've got some good, uh, good news for you. Um, I mentioned earlier that, uh, get a robo Armageddon is, I think it technically counts as an OVA, but it is like a 26 episode series. I think it's just an OVA because it's standalone. Um, it's the only other one that I've really seen, and it, I think it's really good. And if you want to see more of these characters, uh, when evil Dr. Dr. Light, uh, comes back, he has the Shin Getter with this team sort of as his bodyguards, and then that, uh, there's some some character development that happens there with loyalty and stuff, and and we get more of these characters. So, you know, I would like to see more of Discount Doctor Light. Yeah, uh, Armageddon's good. Listen, I'm gonna start my own uh, Discord server theater, and that's what I'm gonna show, and then I'll just shut the Giant whole thing robot down. Shows. <laughs> just get a Romo Armageddon, and then oh, okay. when we've looped and watched the entire series like three times, I'll just delete it. That's all. No, just always on forever. Uh, listen, I've thought about doing the sort of like homebrew television network like that, and it's yeah. more work than I want to put in. Yo, same. Um, but yeah, that's that's the show. Uh, time for final thoughts. Yeah, Bob. <clears throat> I think that this show is okay. Oh, that sounds really blase, <laughs> but. Served its purpose. Like I said, I really wanted you to take the lead on this because for me, it's kind of a, it's a four episode OVA. 
and not knowing anything else, it's kind of a one and done. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that it's bad, it's just very, the what I watched, I don't know how to put, eh? It's... Characters were fine, not compelling enough for me to overly care for them, except for Go, who was interesting. Mm-hmm. Side characters really needed time to develop. But yeah, like, it's four episodes, so you don't really have the time to delve into the characterization so much. Which is a, I wouldn't say a disservice, but watching this in reverse, because you had the advantage of watching Apocalypse, that mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Armageddon. Yeah. Armageddon, thank you. And, I don't know, I feel like I'd rather watch an episode on, uh, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger, Whoa. than... Uh, the getters because it's interesting and I'm old. So I remember uh, Voltron Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. what I got a vibe of this. And it's cool that you had three different combinations. Yeah. That's that's totally fair. Like, I think definitely like even not, you know, my, my own watching experience, notwithstanding, like, the idea that this came after numerous decades of manga and like like this this is a show for people who were already fans and who have a lot of that like backstory and character connections like showing this in this form as like an entry into it it really only works if you are really into that sort of like ridiculous like i don't think i would call it camp but you know this gun has way too much high power. Spin kick a dinosaur. Like it is like if if Pulling you get sniper rifles out of the ground. It's yeah, like like if you get into that sort of over the top in a vacuum kind of thing. Like if that's exciting to you, then this is a pretty good one for you. But like if you're somebody who you know needs like you know contacts, uh, context and backstory and and character development to to really get a context to hook into it then like yeah this is a lot of wind and noise signifying nothing <laughs> and it's not to say that this wasn't bad mm. by any stretch just uh to go from we've been watching 26 episode series side of the last one to Here's four episodes, which is, I get that it's a story within a grand story. That's the whole point of an OVA. Mm-hmm. Then to find out that it's side canon in an alternate universe. Which is only supposed to make it, like, more stand on its own. But, like, it it, it is a really weird artifact just of, like, of anime, of Getter, and, and the way that it's been approached. Like, it is a weird artifact of the way that, like anime as an industry operates like it's yeah it's, it's like it's, waking it's up thing. and finding out it's only a dream huh okay i kind of get where bob is coming from i feel like i am somewhere in the middle between you two and part of that is because before today i didn't realize there wasn't there wasn't a follow-up to this and what i mean by that is Watching this, I felt like this was kind of like the soft pilot for Neo Getter, the series. Watching mm. this. This is this is how you bait people from going from one to the other, and you, you put in just barely enough of the you know secondary characters, arguably the other should be main characters, and you show your 
passing of the torch from the previous generation to the new. And this is how you kind of get people to carry on as well as draw in a new audience. Knowing that there's not necessarily a near getter series and this is an alternate, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it does kind of lessen my, I won't say lessen my joy, but lessen my enthusiasm about it. Mm-hmm. It's still good in my mind. It's still good because I, I see it for what it is. Yo, you want some rock'em sock'em robots against dinosaurs and cyborg dinosaurs with a horse that should be made by Lazy Boy? Here you go, and I'm for it. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love the equivalent of brain candy. It, it's, it's a popcorn flick. Yeah. And I, I can, I can accept that. that. Yeah. I am down for that. I, I appreciate it on that level. I, but to kind of back up Bob's point, I believe Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket was a four episode OVA and did a better job of story development of multiple characters hmm. than even it's like background characters got, you at least got a flavor for them. Whereas in this, the thing that I felt like hurt it the most is once I got to the end, we're watching the credits, we're seeing all these characters and their personalities shown like at the end of four episodes, this is the first time I'm seeing the other, the new getter teams, other pilots personality shine through. And even then I'm having to read into it at the surface level and assume more than what's being told to me. I, I feel like it kind of is like, um, like you remember how the original star Wars was sort of posed as this like episode four. So you're getting this sort of like midstream, this idea of, you know, catching it midstream in media, whatever, whatever. But like when you actually look at four, it is a very like hero's journey, isolated. Mm -hmm. Everything makes sense. This show is a lot more like, if you were doing that by having somebody start by watching, you know, episode seven. Fair. So it is, so it is like, it is the actual case of, oh, we don't have like this episodic structure where you can, you know, whichever one you see first, you will see the same kind of structure. And it's just like, why is that dude talking to a broken mask? Why why do we care when, when this old guy dies? Why do we care when Indiana Jones gets stabbed? I don't know. Um, yeah, I can kind of see that. Like, like the, it is the very, like, no, a lot of the... A lot of, like, the deeper impact of this is based on sort of contextual knowledge. Um, even if it can... Like, technically it is standing as its own story. Um, but, like, yeah, it, it is the actual case of that. And I guess where I'm different than Bob is this had enough going from, you know, from go from, we see that old, that fight that was the end of the original series, essentially that made me want to go back with everything that we got here. It's like, Oh, I have to know these things. If I'm, you know, according to the OVA itself, I should know these like "Mm, that kind of pulls a trigger in, in me that says, yeah, I kind of do want to go and know these things. So that makes me want to go back and watch the old stuff as well as I'm, I'm going to pull this out. I don't know if you remember me sending this to you, Nick, Bob, 
if you really want a better getter experience or a possibly more fulfilling getter experience, but you don't want to go back, you only need to wait like a year and a half because there's a getter robo uh, film franchise that's going to start in 2025. Yeah. Really? And it's going to be live action, and we know that's always oh. great. Well, honestly, like, I can't imagine how hard it would be to go back to the original getter right now. Like, mm. because, cause like, if you've watched like any of the original Gundam, like it is, it is harder to go back to than that. Let me put it that way. Um, I believe you. While honestly being a little more like, a little more like Power Rangers. Because I have tried to watch a little bit of that, and honestly, it did feel like, you know... Like, th- that's the thing. I'm, t- I'm trying to remember. Like, I don't think this show... I think this show was released after, like, Armageddon. Like, this is technically, like, a mid-quill, or whatever you want to call it. Like, this was filling in a gap in the middle. Um, so, like... It is doing that thing where, like, it knows both before and after context that that is built around, but um, it's a bridge, yeah, uh, and, and like an unnecessary one at that, like just a good excuse for some stuff. Um, this show, when this was made, and the fact that you know it was made when there was already so much in it and so much investment and so much like people have investment in these characters, it actually feels really weird to go back to the original and see it being a much more like Power Ranger style serialized where it's just like, oh, this is just kind of like a goofy week. thing. Yeah. Like like it it, it kind of makes it hard to go back to because like you're because you're watching something that came so late in like the series existing, you're seeing this thing where like it's pitched as like, oh no, these people have all of this backstory and like, it's like, you know, watching the dark Knight, and then saying, oh, I'm going to go watch the Adam West Batman. And he has shark repellent spray. And it's just, is, it is that kind of whiplash is, is, Ar- the thing about is it. Armageddon a little adult, like a little more, uh, more adult and not less superhero. I guess is what we're going for. Um, let's camp. Yeah, it, well, it's a bit less camp in, like, character level, but sort of premise-wise, it is far more camp. Um, that one, that one is like a grittier take, but also, uh, there is a getter multiverse by the end of that series. I'm just wondering if this didn't serve as, like, the preteen adolescent version that you're trying to grow up from Super Power Rangers to a little more heady. This is going to be a transformation. Like, honestly, I think it, there was at least three like real connected getter series by the time this came out. And so if you're looking for that kind of progression, I think that's where you're going to see it is from like, Hey, we have this thing that is just kind of a show. We're just doing our thing and we got to be, you know, a cartoon show so that we can keep funding. And then it got like serious or, or more complex as, you know, it grew with its, its fan base or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But these OVAs are definitely more like, Hey, we're going to fill in. Hey, we're going to focus on like some of these more like wilder aspects of it. And it's like, they can, but between presentation and like topic matter, it's just we're just gonna 
kind of do our own thing and have that interesting mix of we know like we are aware this is goofy but we are aware that the characters take it super seriously you know like it like mm-hmm. it, it is one of the shows where like the creators are f- the creators are aware that it's goofy but they put themselves on the side of the characters who are taking it seriously you know and i think it has a pretty good mix of that you know get, getter is no birdemic i guess fair Are you going to be able to put this into stars? I think I'm honestly around 6 out of 10. Okay. Only because can I we, don't have context. Can we put it into Lazy Boy knockoff horses instead? Okay, so the horse. Yeah, no, this, uh, this actually, we got to talk about this. This is this is my this, like, subtle segue I'm, into best horse. I am so sorry for me, this is least favorite horse. Okay. Only, only because there's a horse that is just a horse. Yeah, he didn't really do anything. It hauls, it falls, it's a horse. Bob, this is a horse that carries the most American anime character I can think of readily. Boy. What about Bandit Keith? Exactly. There. Oh, wow. Bob, I don't even think you know that one. You should, but I don't think you do. Is that a... That's one of the Yu-Gi-Oh's. Yeah. TAS? It's a tool-assisted speedrun of Yu-Gi-Oh? No, because... <laughs> no, he's that way in the main series, too. Oh, Bandit Keith is not the most American character, because he doesn't speak in this degree of broken English converted <laughs> back to Japanese. <laughs> this is so much extra. This is the most American in... that I am th- currently aware of actively without really sitting to think about it in anime, hands down. That's the representative of the driver, not the horse. Horse hauls, horse hauls. But it's also made by Lazy Boy. That is that is great, and we can't describe whether it's a robot that can fly or a horse that is magical. Because those eyes were so awful, real. They were so good on my soul. You know, I I I think maybe this is sort of the way to describe it. Like, I, I like I'm not. For how much I like this show, I really take no offense to you just, like, not being into it. Because I th- I think this is a show that has a lot of amazing moments and elements. But, like, yeah, as a show overall, like, it is a, a less... It is a diet version of the sort of, like, soap opera character development and interactions that would be, like, the proper... A proper series of this. Of this I show. like that description. I, I stand by that. If this is a series that you like, then by all means, this is definitely a, a, an episode VA to watch hmm. because I don't have any context for these characters. It's like, okay, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like th- this and our. So that's the thing. Armageddon is a lot longer, and even though it does a lot of this same, uh, uh thirteen episodes, so it's not like a full. I thought it was twenty six. It's only thirteen. No, it's thirteen. Wow, a lot happens in it. E- either way, like it does the same thing. Where like it's coming at the end of the timeline or alternate timeline or however you want to look at it, but there is a lot more space for character development and interaction and like characters to be built to get hooked into. Um. 
but both of them still have the thing of just like it is based on like lore and existing character stuff that you just have to pick up along the way. But I think Armageddon is definitely the one where like there there is more to think you're to more to watch grow than just to watch happen, you know? This is a show about stuff happening. Um but okay. I think we I got I think you. we may have reached the point in our MST three K here where we need to replace him because he has put my two favorite horses now at the bottom of the list. <laughs> I'm sorry. Foon Psyche deserves better. Listen, if if the next horse we're going to get to also goes at the bottom of the list, then we will have words. And gender issues. Okay. We will okay. have words just... and hands and hooves. The, if it helps, that you can see on my list how I rate things, so you should be able to tell. Needless to say, the less the horse is a horse, the more I like it. Fair enough. The horse pilot's a Gundam, Bob. <laughs> that is the least horse possible. <sighs> the Onyx just piloted an elevator. Man, we keep coming back. That's okay. <laughs> if we're if we're gonna start and a merch show, the Vespa still isn't a horse. We, okay. It comes when it is called. Do not pick on the Vespa. The Vespa is just a mini version of Foon Psyche's Gundam, <laughs> and less impressive. I'm gonna open a T public for the show, and we're gonna have two shirts. Yeah. One is just Haruko's Vespa with the words horse. Period on it. <laughs> um, Vespa equal horse. And the other one is just going to be a horse on an elevator. And everybody no, think it's going to I be a, a reference to John Mulaney bit, but you know what? Listen, I'll make it work. I, I need a third shirt. It's just Justin for Foon Psyche. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, black, black impact font on a pink, neon pink shirt. Yeah. Says, Justice for Foon Psyche. And if we really want to go off the deep end, hashtag justice for oh, Love it. Um. Okay. What What are our, our other lists? This uh didn't have it. Uh, opening didn't have Android. I mean, we kind of touched on it, but we have an ad, oh, we have yeah. uh, the opening still. Let's actually rank this opening. Opening, I would put it. Oh, this is hard. So for reference, yeah, I know you said it. Oh, G Gundam is at seven. And that's what I was thinking. I was going to put this at six. Mm-hmm. Which knocks a few things down. It's okay. It has a good beat. Finds things. And yet, for some reason, I can't help but feel generic. Does that make sense? I kind of Like you had mentioned, It's. It, I feel like this is a beat that I'm going to hear an awful lot in the future. Uh, okay. Not, yeah, giant robot shows of that era definitely had kind of a vibe. Yeah. Definitely be out big O. I will say the the paying attention to the lyrics, it is very form specific to this. Oh, mm-hmm. With the version I watched, I think that all of us watched it. Told us the lyrics of note. This is the first yeah. a reader that I've done since living with Chuck and watching our Dragon Ball Super late at night. Spoiler, you watched a little loop on the third every so often when it was coming out before uh, season or uh, series five, I believe. And that was dubbed as, well, as, well. Subbed as well. Yeah. I have no problem with subtitled shows. That's honestly, also, of, of all the things in the world, that's the easiest thing to follow along with. Okay, well, uh, 
putting Neo Getter versus Shin Getter Robo opening at position six knocks Agretsuko from 10 to 11. So goodbye. Oh, bye, Agretsuko. Got it voted off the island. Oof. The next one on the chopping right, block Panda. being Yu Yu Hakusho. So. <gasps> Not Ooh. smile, Mom. I still think Big O should be lower, but okay. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. It's it's gonna go. Big O will get knocked oh, out yeah, so quickly. Big O, listen. There was one that is very important to me later on the list as a series that I am almost certain will knock a few things down, Big just because o. of its open. Um. Okay. Sorry. Uh, is it time? It is the oh, time. I think Quick, it's time. Bring out the paddle. It's time. Uh, okay, who is reading our taglines this week? Research Gremlin Go. All right. So that was our first show in the Old Head anime tier, which leaves three for you to choose from. We have, man, remember all those classic robot anime? What if we did those two? We have... Ancient Art of Assassination passed down for generations, savior of the 22nd century. And we have Be Gay, Revolutionize the World. I feel like just to switch things up, we'll get a little assassination in the 22nd yeah. century in yes. our life. Yes. Yes. Bob, Bob, Bob. Oh, there's a lot of excitement. Here's the reason, Bob. You want the grandfather to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Here it is. <laughs> grandfather okay yeah Yeah, the series that kind of helped that it drew inspiration from if i could say the word yeah so you started with neo getter which was like my most excited to watch and now you have picked my most like excited to talk about uh (laughs) because next week we will be watching hokuto no ken also known as fists of the north star of the North Star because uh-huh. I can't say proper name without probably offending a lot of like Hakuto 10 Hok- Hokuto uh, which Hokuto. means North Star no as in just like uh, the, the possessive the possessive participle um, Ken which is Japanese for fist or uh, when used in this sort of way it is like um, fighting style Hokuto no Ken yeah uh, so it is Fist of the North Star, the Hokuto no Ken, the ancient art of assassination passed down for generations, savior of the 22nd century. 21st century? 22nd century. Um, In the I, far future of the 21st century. I also have a dangerous idea to bring up now. I believe there are two bonus media watches that we could have for this series, but... Yeah. Oh my god. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am so excited. This has just been a great half a month for me. Um, um, I I know what one you're saving for last, and it it both makes me happy and is breaking my heart. We're not getting to it because what what Nick is feeling well, right now is what I'm going <laughs> to feel when we get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I honestly. Oh, I, I know. Think, I'm just looking forward to it. I think it'll be better to end on that one than our other one that we have uh, queued mm-hmm. up here. I, Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. It's just the anticipation is killing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's what makes it good. It's like it's like a rock star. You got to build anticipation. Um, yeah. 
All right, good. So that's going to do it uh, for us for this time around. Uh, hey, maybe I should mention um, we've been doing some more behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so if you go to ditw at card dot co, uh, so that's, you know, deep into weebs dot car dot co. Uh, we built a little landing page and if you would like to see all the different places, you can subscribe to us. If you want to see a little, uh, introduction trailer, if you want something to share with your friends to let them know about our show, that is going to be sort of the going forward, the homepage where we'll put stuff. It's not like a newsletter spot. Um, we have, uh, created a Twitter as well, which you can find linked on that page. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be, uh, an easy to share hub uh, for the show and, and for what we have going on. So I just wanted to sneak that in here before we check out for the, uh, for the week. Um, yeah. And all that being said, uh, yeah, let's take off. Open get. Open get. get we need done. a, we need a four person get it. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by C. Cotty 3 You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served. If all your paint burns off when you jump back from the moon, you <laughs> might be a getter. <laughs> Dove over all that with she can get her done. She can get her done. Oh my god! At best, five percent of the population would get that job. Oh, I, well, I mean, that's the like inverse law of comedy, right? The less people <laughs> a joke lands for, the funnier it is. Yep. So theoretically, a joke that zero people get is infinitely funny. I love it. This is the only time that the concept of asymptotes that I learned in high school has ever come in use. Oof. Um...